Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I'm your co-host, Kieran Lefebvre, joined by Black Belt's gym owner, Adam Childs. What is up? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the episode for our YouTube viewers. I'm back on my side of the table. Last episode, we were fortunate enough to have Levi Jones-Leary <coughs> and Alanis on the podcast, mm. which meant I had to sit next to Kieran. Ew. It's terrible. You smell. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, episode number 113, and we have an awesome episode format today. I'm actually really excited about this one. Today, we're going to be talking about the five types of roles that you can get at your uh, standard jiu-jitsu gym across the world. It's a Vietnamese role. It's <laughs> 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 funny. We, we actually have... Heaps of movements we do in the kids' class that are all named after like food mm. or animals that you've probably seen uh, helping out in some of the kids' classes. Yeah. But one we call just sushi roll. It's just the kids rolling across the mats. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, one. it's going to be cool. We're going to talk about uh, the, the different types of roles that you have or mm. the different types of rolling styles rolling styles or yeah. rolling personalities that you have yeah personality is a good way to put it and then yeah because these tend to be <laughs> people tend to be fall into one of these categories yeah so we'll we'll see which one you fall into <laughs> Kieran I think I, I think I already know yeah um yeah and and looking at it I don't know I think I fall into a couple of them actually yeah like, it's a bit dynamic. Yeah, you're like a that bit, you're a bit you know, everywhere. Like yeah, you're the you're the rest roll. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Swing left. No, that's swing not right. what I. <laughs> there was. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. So, we we mention him all the time. You know, uh, we always Anthony always comes up in our episodes. Yeah. Just because he's in the gym so much, right? So we see him pretty much every day, mm. right? And <laughs> it was really funny because these these kind of two conversations happened in the gym the other day that I only overheard them. I wasn't part of the conversation. But it was really, <laughs> it was really funny because at the start of class, there was Anthony's girlfriend who also trains, Marina, and she was sitting next to one of the other girls, Virginie, in the gym. And Anthony was like, oh, we got two rest rounds tonight and pointed at the girls. And then – and that was it. I guess, you know, he's just – making a joke right he wasn't being serious or whatever but then you know so that that happened and then at the end of class all i overhear you know and then i think i said at the time something along the lines of oh you've you know you're stuffed up now anthony they're gonna yeah. come smash you blah 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 <laughs> and then at the end of class i just overhear him as he's getting changed say something like oh man i had such a tough class tonight i got my ass kicked <laughs> 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 like, what happened to your restaurants bro yeah <laughs> where are them rest rolls at son yeah yeah so the five types of uh, rolling personalities, we'll say. Number one, we're going to kick it off with the one speed. The one speed is someone who only knows one gear and it's full throttle. <laughs> so it's like we're talking every roll is a comp roll. Every, uh, you know, every round is to the death. Normally, this person is categorized by being in their early to mid-20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Jacked off their face. Yeah. It just wants to get after it. They just want to get some every day. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the, the the one speed. So I think for for sure the Rotolo brothers would have to be one speed, oh, yeah. right? You Just look go. At, you look at those dudes are intense. Yeah. But it can be, you know, I definitely don't fall in, or into this category at all. But yeah, that would be you dangerous. know not not <laughs> that's not to say I can't have have comp roles, but it's funny, right? Because someone who who rolls like this, you and you learnt that they roll like that 
sometimes you actively avoid them because you, yeah. you know that it's going to be a hard <laughs> roll. I mean, obviously it depends on the skill difference, like yeah. what belt are they, what belt are you. Yeah. But let's say, you know, you're more or less in the same ballpark or not even, they might just be a, a physical specimen and you'll be like, oh man. So, but for example, you know, like Jonas is someone like that mm. who only has one speed, is super aggressive, but there's no animosity behind it mm. at all, mm. ever. Like it's, I've never even seen an aggressive look on his face when he's like training really hard. But it's just this one relentless speed, attack after attack after attack. And even though Jonas is a blue belt and like 30 kilos lighter than me, sometimes I'm still, oh man, I couldn't be fucked or I went with Jonas because you just know it's going to be, <laughs> God, it just, it just doesn't stop. Yeah. You know? It's like getting on a Stairmaster on max speed I'm yeah. like nah man I couldn't be bothered whereas you also have those one speed people that are really like aggressive and there's sort of some you know there's some darkness behind it <laughs> <laughs> some hatred behind it and they've seen some shit that's what you say they've <laughs> 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 been through the ringer and the, yeah it's here they like, are it's like uh, man actually you and I had a role the other day which, which day was it um I think on Thursday. Last week, no gear. Yeah. 6.30. And, yeah. Um, and I'd just come back from a, a week off, I think. And, man, it was so hard to keep pace with you. Like, mm. cause, because you go not aggressive as in, you know, spazzy aggressive, but you just press forward. I'm a one the speed. The whole time. Yeah, I'm a one yeah, speed. You're, you're, you're <laughs> a big time one speed. And... Man, I remember I was just, and it was, yeah, because it was no gear, I couldn't slow you down with lapels and I couldn't tie yeah. you up. Yeah. And, you know, even though I murked you, it was still just like. Did you even sub me? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're murking me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no. Even, no, like, you definitely, you definitely got the better of me. Yeah, but I know what you mean, like, particularly no gear, you had to, like, rise to the speed. Otherwise, you, you were going to get overrun. Yeah, like, and, and even, yeah. even when, like, I remember there was. I don't know, whatever, like even once I got mount or something and I was just like in my Fuck head, you. I just wasn't, I, yeah, I was just like, just just accept your fate, Kieran. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, just like, no. And, just, and then, you know, I went for that DAS choke that I thought was deep as yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then like, you, you know, and then you slipped out. And then I had that moment of instead of being pissed off that you got out yeah. and, you know, and then coming back with that aggression, yeah. I, it was like that. Oh, I'm done. Oh, yeah. Fuck it out. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just had enough. And oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was. You know, so even sometimes, you know, a, a role with you, someone who's, you know, <clears throat> depending, let's say, 15 kilos lighter than me, mm. but you know, really strong and athletic and whatever. Man, sometimes, you know, if I. Put it this way, if I want to just have a chilled flow roll, I'm avoiding you. I'm avoiding yeah. Jonas. Yeah. You know. yeah, totally. I'm avoiding Eric. You and Eric had a war. Was that just yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. That was, that was quite funny because Nicholas was like one of the other guys in the gym. There was uneven numbers. Nick was like, Kieran, I'll coach you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and he actually was doing a he good was job. Doing a like, great job. Nicholas is a, a blue belt. He was helping. And yeah, he was doing He was like, okay, yeah. try stacking from this position yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And then blah, blah, blah. And he was doing a good job. Mm. You know, he's flexing his, his coaching chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I made the joke yesterday, got to a point where, and Nicholas, is now more of a no gi fan, but he used to be, you know, strictly gi and strictly bolos. Yeah. And um, there was a bit where, you know, there could have been a no gi bolo there, and Nick's just like, bolo him from here. 
And, uh, <laughs> and Kieran was no. like, was like, the what now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a war of a role. Yeah, so that's like, good. But I mean, I wouldn't classify Eric as a one speed. No, no, I he's very controlled. But yeah. he's just. He's yeah, just he's a, a, he's a handful. We need to add that to the list. The handful. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> that's the fucking handful. Eric, man. Yeah, he's we a just handful. Name it the Eric. He's so hard to pass, but uh, yeah. So that that's the that is the first of but, these uh, of the list. One speed. Yeah, but before we go on to the next one, you know, do you who like you're a one speed, but mm. who in our gym? I do agree you with look Jonas because when we when we roll, it is one speed meet one speed. It's fucking full throttle, baby. Yeah, we have wars like. We go fucking hard. Toby would be a one speed. Toby. Toby's definitely a one speed as well, but Toby doesn't train anymore, Toby so we can't talk about Toby. Toby doesn't turn up. Yep. Although Toby. when he did turn up, he won the banana. Yeah. Well, interim, interim, interim. That was that was the interim <laughs> championships. Do you ever do you, do you have someone who's someone you is there anyone in the gym that you'll avoid if no. you're not, if you're not up for it? No. Right, you'll no. I so I I spoke about this in early days of the podcast. I, when I first started training, I had I was avoiding people and then I, I realized that I was avoiding people. I don't know. I think I heard this from like Jocko Willink or something and he was like, you know, that if you have that mentality, if I don't want to roll with someone, I will intentionally ask them to roll. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that's just my sadistic fucking, you know, but I... I that's I, why you never ask me to roll because you always want to roll with me. It's disrespectful that's to ask wh- you that's, to roll. That's why you're always like... <laughs> I'm always hovering around you, like <laughs> sniffing around, like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> oh, you're rolling, you're rolling, bro. Oh, you got yeah, I like strategically position myself between rounds, like real close to you. So, oh, hey, hey, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's like the walk past me to get a drink, bump yeah. into me. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, bro. sorry, yeah. sorry. You got a putter? You yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, anytime I'm, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to roll with Eric, or fuck, I don't want to roll with Jonas. I'll be like, oh, Eric, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I try, I try, like. I try to actively seek what I am avoiding or would, you know, otherwise avoid if I was a lesser man. You're a lesser man. Yeah, the one speed can be uh, – I don't have a problem with the one speed if, if, I'm, if I'm comp rolling. Yeah. But because I – Sometimes you, know, you don't want to go hard. Like, don't get me wrong. Especially when you're, when you're teaching multiple classes yeah. a day, you're on the mat. Yeah, Every exactly. Day. Exactly. And sometimes I do seek out, like, in between hard rounds, I'll seek out the white belt. You know, I'll be like, oh, hey, hey, fucking what, what, whoever, like, oh, let's roll. It's <laughs> a rest round. That's a bit different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. you know, I'm actively seeking out a rest roll. Yeah. Fuck, and rest rolls are a thing. Don't yeah. And like, we're not putting the rest round or the rest roll isn't on this list because no. we're not talking about uh, your, the, you enforcing your will on that's someone right. else. That's right. Like, yeah, we're yeah, talking about like the, the rolling partners you can have. Because you can have a rest roll that's a one speed. That's if right. you have a white belt, that's a one speed. It could you can still make be a rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, get them right. out, just hold them for a bit, play that's guard, right. just fucking hold them. Because, you know, I do that. Lots of white belts are one speeds. You know, yeah, very, yeah, in the beginning. Because they just don't know how to be energy efficient. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and when when you don't have technique to pull from, yeah. you know, obviously you just default back to, to one physical speed, astru- attributes and going, oh, ah, what well, I don't doing know what's now? going on. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So... Yeah, we're not we're not saying that, you know, we're not, we're not having rest rolls on here, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely seek out those rest rolls sometimes. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> and it's uh, it's funny. Like for we we've spoken about this in in another episode. Remember the days I had a laptop and a spreadsheet here? And yeah, I what the fuck? Where, where, where's your laptop? Bring your laptop. And I could just be like, yeah, in episode whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've spoken about those 
unspoken rules in the gym. And in our gym, people don't typically learn them how they would in a traditional gym mm. because I don't – even though I follow those rules, I don't – Enforce them. I don't enforce heavily. them because they're yeah. usually enforced in a really offensive, rude way. Yeah. So, for example, uh, you know, the the one I had to explain to the class the other day was the whole – Typically, when two groups bump into each other during a roll, you give way to the pair that has a higher belt, you mm. know, right? And I typically have to explain that to students, even though I think it's a bit of a silly rule and I use common sense as to who moves out of the way. Yeah. I also explain it to my students because I say, hey, this is, at least in 2022, this is the norm in most jiu-jitsu gyms. So mm. it's for your benefit to know this because if you go visit another gym or whatever, right, it's good to know that because the way you typically learn this is by bumping into a higher belt and not moving and then them turning to you and telling you to get the fuck out of the way and yeah. then the next role they go with you and beat the shit out of you, right? Yeah. And, I mean, that's how I learned and that's how a lot of people would have learned, but we don't have that culture in the gym. So people don't learn it unless you don't tell them. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, there's that unspoken rule that you don't ask a higher belt to roll, right? Which, mm. again, we don't really follow in the gym. No. But, um, we do follow but I will, a modified version, but yeah. Yeah, but I'll, being the highest belt in the gym – you know, being my gym, mm. I I can obviously quite easily pull rank. Mm. So it's very easy for me to be like, oh, no, I'm, you know, let's say you'd be like, hey, man, you want to roll? Or Eric's like, hey, man, you want to roll? Or even Joey, hey, man, you, you know, one of our black belts, hey, man, you want to roll? And I want to rest around as the the head of the gym, I can very easily be like, oh, no, 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 I'm going with like, I'm going with the new guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah totally. And it won't even necessarily be looked at yeah. like I'm, cop in a restaurant it could be looked at as like oh the head coach is helping the new wife exactly out. or they you have some <laughs> sort real, of reason like yeah, maybe they're up for a stripe or something or you're you want to you and know you roll with them a while. sometimes that might be the case because yeah. i do roll with all my students right yeah. there's not a single student who i haven't rolled with and that i don't roll with mm. of course not every day in every class mm. but yeah i roll with everyone mm. so yeah maybe i am rolling with them because i haven't rolled with them in a while mm -hmm. or there's yeah, a purpose behind it yeah, yeah. or I want a rest round. Yep. You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's why you stopped rolling with me so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also why you don't have any stripes. <laughs> I finally call you for a roll and you're like, oh, my stripe. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, no. <laughs> never. Don't worry, I'll smash you tonight, bro. Yeah, good. It's on. Oh, it's fucking on. I'm keen tonight. Anyway, right. so number two, the you've all been waiting. The opposite of the one speed. The opposite of the one speed is the starfish. The starfish. This is... Yeah, man, like, don't waste my time. Mm. You know? if, if you're brand new to jujitsu, that's a different thing, right? Let's, like, you can't – it doesn't matter which category, which type of role you fall into. If you're in your – let's call it your probationary period mm. of jujitsu, it's no one's fault for where – they're going to default into one particular category, right? So I've had new students who were complete – starfishes like they don't do anything and you kind of have to teach them no man like be more aggressive don't let me don't let me do that like mm. push me around like you're stronger than this you know mm. like you're not doing anything mm -hmm. and then you know you'll have brand new people who are the complete opposite you're like dude you need to relax you know like, <laughs> but um so obviously if you're brand new it doesn't matter you're in the learning process but yeah you know i so starfish I get, is someone that doesn't do anything that doesn't yeah. do anything and i yeah. get that yeah, it doesn't always have to be a comp role. Yeah. But, man, 
this isn't a this isn't a, a, a lie down and take a nap class. Yeah. Like imagine if you squared up with someone to do s- some boxing sparring and they just stood there. Yeah, they didn't throw a punch. Yeah, and they, they didn't. didn't even, they just stood there and and you're like, bro, I could just use a boxing bag. Like yeah. you're just you're not doing anything. You know, like this is a. You know, playing tennis with someone who just never hits the ball back. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, uh, bro, you're the worst tennis partner ever. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't need to give me a Wimbledon final match here, but hit the fucking ball back. <laughs> right? So they're, I mean, they're, for me, they're a waste of my time. Yeah, they're annoying. You know? And it's, the, it's worse than drilling, you know, because you're not, because sometimes you feel like you're drilling, but you're kind of like, you're, you're bored, you're like confused, what's going on? It's funny you say that because I, one of my, really good friends from from back in brazil uh we used to drill together quite frequently and whenever we would drill uh, together right actually no i'm gonna throw his name out because he listens to the podcast sometimes (laughs) so one of my real real good friends his name's ali monferrati and he is he owns elements jiu-jitsu in bahrain and ali and i traveled a very similar path as in when we were living in brazil uh, we both pretty much moved there. Uh, I think, I think he moved there a couple of months before I did. We obviously didn't know each other at the time, and he left there a couple of months before I did. We were pretty much there the exact same time, mm. right? And more or less went through our. Be- he was a little bit ahead of me, like he got his purple just before me and his brown just before me, and so on. Uh, but yeah, we had a very similar path. We were both very competitive. Ali actually won worlds at blue belt. Oh wow! Uh, and he still competes a lot in the in like the tour around uh, Bahrain, like in the AJP and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, his name actually popped up while we were doing some while I was doing some re- research in preparation for Levi's episode. And Levi recently subbed in with an armbar at, oh, at, no at a comp. I was like, you know, which they're both friends of mine. So I was yeah. like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ali's an absolute beast. And uh, yeah, we used to we used to drill a lot together. And sometimes Ali was like a starfish when I drew it. He used to oh. he used to piss me. If you're listening, Ali, he used to piss me off so much, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because like when it was his turn to drill, he would drill properly, right? Yeah. Like, you know, do it how you how you drill the technique. But then when it was my turn to drill, he'd just like lay there like a starfish. He's I'm resting. Like, I'm like, Ali, this fucking spaghetti leg, put your Delaheva hook in, bro. Let's <laughs> like, you know, I'm trying to drill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that can be frustrating, right? When you're drilling with someone that it's not a grappling dummy, mm. right? It, when it's your turn to drill, you still need your partner to be, they're not resisting, right? But I always give the analogy to people like holding focus mitts mm. if, if, you, if you're boxing, Okay, like okay, man, like you need to be working with me a little bit here, but yeah, starfish, starfish rolls, waste, waste of my time, man. Mm. Like, uh, I'm not interested. Yeah, they they can be frustrating. It's worse than a rest round. It's yeah. not even a you know. Yeah, it's sometimes like people will go in, people will starfish you, but normally like some people are hit and miss. Like, for example, sometimes I'll roll with certain people in the gym and they give me a, a tough round or like they, they, they give it a go, right? And they're, they're almost like a one speed. They're like, all right, they're, they're ready to party. And then other times roll with the same person and it's like, no, nah, they're not feeling it. They just, obviously it's not a rest round because you know, you're the same belt or whatever, or maybe you're a little bit more experienced than them, but they're just not feeling it. And they, they starfish on you. It, it's kind of like, not insulting, but kind of just annoying. I don't know. Give it something. Yeah, Give it something. The people as well that you could almost marry the the starfish with the with the quitter as mm. a type of role like mm-hmm. 
people who the second that the role starts slipping away from them or goes a direction that they didn't want it to go, they they just give up. Yeah, you know. So I used to roll with, um, you know, people where the second you'd pass their guard, they just give up. And when I mean give up, like like they would. They would Herbert Santos give up mm. completely, do nothing because mm-hmm. they essentially just wanted you to tap them in two seconds so the role would reset and they could go back to playing guard yeah. or whatever. And it's like, yeah. no man, like the that's fight, the fight's still going on. Yeah, like that's such you know, a bad habit. That's imagine. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to talking about tennis. Imagine that if you expected to win every single match, you know, mm. like six love and mm. you know three sets to nothing or whatever. Like, but the second the, your opponent scores a point, you just, you just give up. You'd lose every all, time. All this, yeah. The second you're down a point, yep. you go, right, you just give up. Like, yeah. no man, like you're still in it. Like, it's not how it works. Still, yeah. yeah. It's not how it works. Right. So I, I just want to do a little bit of a call out. Like I'm not going to name any names, but I watch a lot of like up and coming jujitsu YouTubers. Like I watch all their content, you know, leave comments, like the videos, like supporting the community, bro. And I was watching, I was watching this guy and he's got like less than a hundred subscribers, pretty new channel. It's got a, a few videos. I was watching one of his rolling commentaries and he literally said in, in one of his roles that, oh, so I just tapped here just to restart the role. And then like kept, kept going with the commentary and I like paused the video head in hands and like, oh no, no, <laughs> no this yeah. guy's like, I think he's like a blue or purple belt. I, I can't remember. Like, so he's not even brand like, new. He's not brand new. You were... S- <laughs> it's funny because the way that that story played out as yeah. I was sitting here listening to it and you said, uh, oh, you know, I watch a lot of up and comers, blah, 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 yeah. support the community. Yeah. And then in, in my head, I was like, well, give this, you know, this guy's only got a hundred subs, give him a shout out, you know, yeah. support the guy. And then you finish the story and I was like, don't mention his name. Yeah, bro, That's no, embarrassing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like in the commentaries, like he was rolling with a black belt, I think, and he, or a high belt than him. And I think he's like a purple belt. And he tapped to restart. It's literally giving up. Like he wasn't subbed, he just tapped from pressure or something. It was literally from pressure just to restart the role. And he's like, oh, we only had six minutes, so I just tapped to restart. I'm like, bro, that, nah, is, bro, that's that like, is not how yeah. you do jiu-jitsu. Yeah, you can't just quit when things start. I mean, no, one man. of the p- most powerful things about jiu-jitsu is the, gaining the skill to overcome adversity, yep. to, to keep, you know, to get yourself out of bad situations physically and mentally and you're working your escapes yeah like well, even if you're working your that, guard pass yeah. who gives a fuck like you're working now you're now working your escapes yeah. that is now what you're working on that's yeah. what live rolling is about and you're disrespecting your training partner because if you're like giving up say they fought hard to get into a good position with you and they then, fought hard yeah. and then you just give up how are they training like how are they getting any benefit from hunting for a sub yeah, if you wanted the role just to reset because you got your guard passed or whatever, well, there's a time and place for that. Yep. It's called specific training. It is. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, <coughs> so don't be that person. And, I mean, it, it's just super frustrating. The, the whole the whole giving up thing, giving you the sub, or the one that's similar to this, we don't have it on the list, but it falls under the starfish, I suppose, or like the, the quitter, if you will, is if you're hunting for a sub and they're defending it well, but you don't have it yet and they tap or like they, they just l- intentionally let go to give you the sub, like they hand it to you. Like they yeah, might not, they're not as bad as the person that just gives up when you pass their guard, but it's still like, still that's, that's a little annoying. That one is a bit more, yeah, definitely not worthy of its own no. spot on the list because there's so many variables. Mm. Like sometimes let's say for example, you know, uh, 
let's ignore some of the physical reasons you might do that. Like, you know, oh, someone's on an armbar and you've got a bad elbow. Completely so different. Tap, yeah. You know, so that's that's all different, right? Yeah. Or you're training with a guy who's or girl who's hurt you multiple times before, so you tap super early. Yeah, right? again, that's different. A, that's yeah. a bit different. But there's definitely times where I've not a lot, but there's times where I've been guilty of that where like it's almost like the like they get to the sub and the sub is on but yeah like you said maybe the grip hasn't been broken mm. for the armbar yet or whatever but it's almost like that was the straw that broke the camel's back and i was already like mentally defeated by the time i got there mm. like you had had this you know eight minute ass whooping or something and by the time you got there like fuck it you were <laughs> it was almost the equivalent of a coach throwing in the towel, yeah. you know, in a boxing ring, but you're throwing in your own towel. It's not, I mean, it, it's kind of giving up. Like I, I know what you mean, but there's, uh, there's times I've done it because I like, I had just been broken, mm. like physically and emotionally and I psychologically. Suppose, I suppose and I've different. done that to people as well. Like yeah. I've felt people emotionally break in, yeah. in more so in competition than in the gym. Mm. Right. But like, yeah, I've definitely seen and feel people break yeah. and you can, I believe you can feel and see the difference between a partner giving up and a partner breaking. Yeah. And when 100%. they give up because they broke, that's kind of different. Definitely different. You know? So that's why Definitely different. I, I I agree with you. It sucks, but it sucks when people just do it, right? Yeah. But yeah. I guess I'm just saying there are times you do it and it's not that big of a deal, yeah. hence why it's not on the list. But yeah, when people just, you know, yeah, you, you throw up a triangle, but it's not even a just, like nothing's on. You've just managed to get them to a one arm in, one arm out position. And they tap or whatever. And they tap. Yeah, and you're like, like, I didn't have... Yeah, like, I didn't even finish it, bro. Like, not even finish it. Like, yeah. there's not even anything yet. Yeah, you know? or like, if a common one for me is if I get the Kimura grip from north-south or something, and then I haven't even broken their, their grip or whatever, and they just tap, and you're like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. But I, I, a lot of, I will caveat that there's a lot of white belts that do it. It's because they don't know any better, or they don't, they're not confident, or they're scared. Like I've even had some white belts, even like Chad is like, oh, you know, Chad's tapped really early in an armbar before I even extended or whatever. Like just as I like sat for the armbar, like quickly and he taps straight away without, without his grip even breaking. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, I didn't want you to break my arm sort of thing. Like he was worried that I was going to break his arm because yeah, he didn't, yeah. not that he didn't trust me. He just wasn't confident. Didn't, didn't know. Yeah. He didn't know. And it was like, you know, a, an intimidating position. And that can be the case. Like a, a white belt, you know, they can get scared and they know that they have to tap to protect themselves. So they jump the gun because they're, they're yeah. scared. Or yeah. So if, if you're newer, yeah, yeah that's it's always totally fine. better to tap than not. It's yeah. always, <laughs> tapping is always better than not tapping. Yes. You know, it like, okay, we can sit here and say, you shouldn't have tapped and never tapped to, to side control pressure and all these things. Mm. But Last night was the perfect example. You were rolling with Eric. You had him in a heel hook, mm. and you thought he tapped when he when he <coughs> when he didn't. Mm. Eric's like as he tried to make a grip because it was no gi, obviously doing a heel hook. When he tried to make a grip on your leg, it kind of like you know made Clap. that that yeah. slapping sound of <laughs> yep. him his hand hitting your thigh or yep. something. So you thought he tapped and you let go. Yeah. And he and you're like, did you tap? And Eric's like, no. And and you know, and I remember I was watching the roll. I said, well, it's always better safe than sorry. Oh, especially heel hooks. Yeah, right. I'm it's hyper vigilant. I'm happy yeah, for yeah, you yeah. to let go. Like even if you, I'm ninety five percent sure that wasn't a tap. But there's a chance. I mean, just let, let go. go. It's just training. Yeah, bro. Different if it's a competition, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, which yeah. is why people get injured, can get injured in mm. competitions. But yeah, in training, 
always way better <laughs> to, 100%, 100%. You know, to assume they tapped. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, the next this one? next one, ooh, this, <laughs> oh, this every, spicy, everyone right? loves this guy. This one's spicy. This is what we've codenamed the switcheroo. The old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. So the switcheroo is someone that goes to you, oh, hey, bro, let's uh, let's just do a flow roll. Or let's let's roll a bit light. Oh, I got a bit of a kink in my neck, so <laughs> we'll, we'll just roll a bit light today. And then as soon as as soon as they start to lose or you get a better position or or the flow roll just isn't suiting them, it's fucking that's, on. They go to a one speed. They're back on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's almost not. Yeah, I actually didn't make that connection. You know, like I didn't phrase it like that. Yeah, but yeah they go back. They become a one speed. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, yeah, it's and on for sure. They it's not like they intentionally do it. Obviously, mm. a switcheroo. Someone intentionally like tries to pull one over on you. I don't think people who are this person do it intentionally they don't know they're this person yeah that's right they don't know they're the switcheroo yeah you know but but yeah the classic oh man uh, can we just roll light you know and then they go hard or yeah yeah, well i've got a bit of a sore shoulder it's different to say i've got a sore shoulder watch out for it yeah completely different i've got a sore shoulder can we go easy and then they go hard you know this is um these people suck because you're kind of screwed either way yeah because then if you rise to the occasion and smash them you look like a dick because you're like or, what happened to the flow roll yeah bro? <laughs> or you've just got to sit there and take it no it fuck sucks. i mean <clears throat> it's definitely you you know when it's a closer skill level that's when you're screwed either way like mm. if it's me rolling with a blue belt who does it does the switcheroo i'm just going to match their intensity mm. and just you know and just go about the roll mm-hmm. but yeah for sure if it were another competent black belt who did it to me or something mm. i would be like be like fuck man like yeah. you know or not even a black belt you know like once you get to a certain point you know it's not like you can just breeze past someone's guard if they're competent like mm. you have to train properly and go properly and you know and it can be quite physically challenging and demanding so you can't really flow flow roll past someone's guard yeah you know but yeah the the, the switcheroo is a funny one i mean I'm I'm the the complete opposite in the sense that when I say, oh, you know, man, I'm just coming back from surgery or whatever, let's go nice and light, usually results in me just getting smashed because people don't, in my opinion, you should, if someone ever says that to you, can we go easy because of this or that? And, you know, back from surgery is obviously a valid reason or, mm. you know, I've just had a few months off, can we take it easy? I think that if you agree to that role it's your job to let them set the the pace and mm-hmm. and you go with it and that goes both ways so if you're a, if you're a switcheroo person and you say let's go easy and your version of easy is still quite one speed then you can't blame the other person if they rise to the occasion and match your intensity yeah because going easy doesn't mean hey can i just beat the shit out of you and you do nothing Right. Then ask them to drill. You know, say, yep. "Hey, can I just drill some positions?" I'm not stuff. down for that. Yeah. If someone came up to me, "Oh, can we can we flow roll, but I have to win?" Or like, "Can we can we roll? You're gonna go easy, and I'm gonna win." I'm, I'm like, "No, yeah. bro." Because <laughs> I no. There were times I would prefer someone refuse the roll, and I had that in Brazil, especially in 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 if it were a comp class or not even a comp class, but leading up to a competition. And I remember one of these guys who was a really hard training partner, really, really hard, Edson. Uh, 
uh, he one day, I remember, he was like, oh, Adam, do you want to roll? Because he was always one or two belts above me. I was also a blue belt world champion. Crazy good guard, really good. I mean, I haven't trained with him for almost a decade now, but uh, but yeah, really, really hard training partner. He wasn't that much lighter than me. So I could give him a hard time, even though he was better than me. So we would often roll together. Mm. And I remember one day he asked me to roll and I was like, oh man, like I can't remember if I was back from surgery or something was going on. But I said, yeah, but man, I can only roll light. You know? And he was like, oh no, it's cool then. You know, because... So I would prefer that. Refuse the yeah, role. 100%. 100%. You know, There's nothing wrong with Rather it. than accept the role and yeah. beat the shit out of me. You know? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, done, I've done similar things. You know, like um, hit someone up for a role, like they weren't really keen or whatever, or, or someone's hit me up for a role and I was more keen on like a, a hard round. So I might preface it like you, you want to roll hard sort of thing. Like it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I regret what I've done. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of Lucas. That's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, um, I, I saw a little note you made of the old switcheroo. You can throw Adsy under the bus. He doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he probably doesn't. Uh, yeah, Adzi's a bit of a switcheroo. Yeah. Uh, a guy at our gym, Blue Belt, he, he asked for flow rolls or warm-up rolls. This is a good one. Like, oh, let's just flow roll for a warm-up because first roll, like if we pair each other first in like an hour and a half session, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with the first roll being a bit lighter. You don't have to go, you know, I am a one speed, but not really sort of thing. Like I'm an intelligent one speed, <laughs> a moderate one speed. Maybe not intelligent. That's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he'll, he'll hit you up for a flow roll. And every time we flow roll, man, by the end of it, we're, we're rolling. Like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And he even he, he's self-admitted. He knows. It's like, oh, yeah, I asked for a flow roll, but then I start losing. And <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, hang on a minute. This is meant to be a flow roll. Like, you flow know, rolls should give and take, man. Like, yeah, they, they flow. They the, flow. That's the point. The other person, the other like, kind of similar to this that I absolutely hate is when it is an actual flow roll, mm. like – you know, your coach says, hey, guys, flow, know, flow roll yep. to warm up. Yep. Yeah, it's give and take, right? Yep. And so if I'm flow rolling with you, mm. you, ha you have to let me pass your guard mm -hmm. or I have to let you sweep me, mm -hmm. right? It, a flow roll does not mean that it should require me to pass your guard while you're trying to stop me passing your guard. Mm. Like it's give and take and I hate it when you do a flow roll with someone who, who doesn't give anything. They just take, take, take. And you're like, well, then it's just a roll, bro. Like, mm. you know, that's a flow roll is not competitive. Mm. You know, like a flow roll should be this and that. And then I get you in an arm bar. I let you do a hitchhiker's yes. escape. Yep. And, then, and then you're on top. You, you know, you then pass you're my on guard. top. You pass, yep. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's and a I little reverse bit. reverse it, yeah. Yeah, yeah and whose turn is it to give and whose turn is it to take? Well, I mean, you just fucking flow. go with the flow, bro. Yeah. There's some give here, some take there. Yep. And flow rolling with people who just refuse to and yeah. i've trained with i've flow rolled with heaps of people who just refuse 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 to let you pass their guard it's like that's not a flow so roll. what you, the flow roll in your opinion is just you constantly sweeping me passing my guard taking my back and submitting me no like just that's just you drilling a sequence bro yeah, right. like it's yeah. <laughs> Oh, but you won, dude. Yeah, you, you're better. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Tell you who, who, someone at our gym that the audience will know um, that actually flow rolls really well is Nogi Rob. Nogi <laughs> Rob is a good flow roller. He is fun because he he does wild shit. He like jumps around and and so there's lots of movement. So in terms of like a warm up or like you know um, whatever, like in terms of a warm up flow roll, 
He's great. He's it's a great funny you mentioned Nogi Rob because uh, that's a nice segue into the next one. Nogi Rob, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next one is the one trick. The guy <laughs> or girl that knows one thing. And only does one <laughs> thing. So they're so predictable. Like, for example, maybe they're someone at your gym that only ever does spider guard or only ever does trap comoros or only ever tries to do a truck roll, for example. Uh, no good roll. Yeah. So, yeah, the one trick is super predictable. They do one thing and nothing else. A little bit different to someone that's specializing. They're like, you know, they're... They're stubborn. When when it gets to being the one trick, it's almost like stubborn resilience. It's almost comedic. Yes. Attempting one thing. And but typically a one trick is so one trick that as soon as you take that off the table, they just fall apart. Yeah. So Ollie used to be like this when he was solely worm guard. Yeah. And as soon as like as soon as you could untangle the lapel or you didn't let him get the lapel in the first place. There was no guard. <laughs> it was just like, the, it was over. Yeah. Done and dusted. And yeah, Rob, I mean, to in Rob's defense, I think it's more, I think he's a bit more one tricky because he's not super bright. So he can only <laughs> think about one thing at a time. <laughs> no, like in Rob's defense, I think it's because even though Rob can be a, a good hard role and mm, he made mm. it to the finals of the banana, banana crown. The interim banana right? crown. <laughs> he, uh, I think in Rob's defense, it's a bit more because he really embraces the playful aspect of jujitsu and he mm -hmm. really likes to have fun when he trains, yeah. uh, which doesn't, he doesn't, like, yeah, he does silly stuff, but not silly, not stupid stuff. Yes, not like, dangerous. Not yeah, dangerous, yeah, yeah. like so irresponsible that he injures people. Mm. But yeah, he's like at the moment one trick and like anything to do with Kimuras and yeah. truck rolls. And That's so it. you could essentially just, it was like, you know, remember the, the, the movie Up. Did you ever watch yeah, Up? The yeah, one the, with the, the Disney cartoon. Yeah, the one with the house yep. and the yeah. balloons. And there was the dog. And it goes and up, right? Yeah, yeah, it goes up. And, <laughs> and there was the dog who could talk or he had a thing, a voice thing yeah. that he could talk and he'd be talking. They'd be like, squirrel. Right, whenever he saw a squirrel. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> that was, that's like Rob with Kimuras. He could Come be on. doing whatever yeah. and you just like dangle an arm. He was like, Kimura. And yeah. then he would like jump on it and then you just mm. take your arm out of the way and be like, thanks for your back, Rob. Yeah. You know, yeah. thanks for side control. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And he would just go, you know, so you could just dangle your arm somewhere. It'd be like a mm. fishing lure and Rob would be like, <laughs> <laughs> just like jump on it when it's not even there. <laughs> yeah. Then you just reel him in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the one trick that's, um, but you know what? The the if someone is let's kind of blur the lines a bit with the one trick and someone who specializes, it that's a that's a training partner. I think we might go back over this, but you can you can there's something to gain in these training partners. So for example, the one speed self explanatory like you what you gain out of that is a very intense, physically demanding, intense competition level role, mm. right? That you that you can there's something to be gained with train by training with that person. Mm. The starfish, I don't know. There's not really a lot to gain from that. Yeah, fuck right? those guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe the, the 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 switcheroo as well. But like the yeah. one trick, the, the one trick, there's something to be gained, right? Mm. You know, okay, they only do Kimura traps and truck rolls or whatever. So you're gonna get really good at at shutting that down or escaping those positions or understanding when you're 
exposed to be to be attacked by those techniques and whatever. Mm. Same with someone who only does lapel guard or worm guard or something. You're gonna get very good at, you know, shutting down that type of guard or mm. untangling the lapels. So there's still a lot to be gained with training with those sorts of people. Definitely. I think it's more if if they are too one tricky and not specialized enough, like someone who's specialized they then, if they start to fall out of their area of expertise, they're very good at bringing the fight back there. And I've said this multiple times, you know, uh, again, you know, Levi, who was on last episode, he's very good at keeping the fight in a position that bearing bolos are possible from, mm. right? Uh, so someone who specializes, they're very good at keeping the fight where they want it. I always, again, you know, reference someone like GSP as well, you know, back in the UFC, very good at controlling the octagon and where the fight takes place, you know, uh, whereas a one trick, it kind of falls apart. Mm. So that's more to their detriment, you know. So if you're too one tricky and not specialized and that then you go from being a purple belt level, Kimura trap, truck roll person to then as soon as the fight's moved out of that, you're now a one stripe white belt. Yeah. That's no good. You know, and this was going back to Ollie and his worm guard and lapel guard. This is something that I specifically had to help him with because mm. I was like, man, like your jiu-jitsu just falling apart when this gets shut down. And that's no good. But like, now if you look at his game, it's definitely in the specialized category because he's very good at keeping the game where he wants it. And both of his guard and his passing style marry each other very nicely. Yeah, that's so it's right. it's like that over under and that um, and deep, half. deep half. Yeah, which was... Uh, I think it was a combination of me saying you need to find something. That I wouldn't have cared if he insisted with lapels and worm guard and that, mm. but he needed something to support that or prop it up. Mm. Uh, but I think it was a combination of him going down that thought process and the poor guy has a really bad hip mm. that will require surgery in the not-too-distant future. So then he wanted a guard and passing style that was, I don't want to say less dynamic, but less maybe hip mobility yeah. <coughs> uh, demanding. Big man jiu-jitsu or old man jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which uh, I think it suits him very well. It suits his, his body type as well and his style. Yeah, it does. He, and he, he fit into it really nicely. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I when, I when I think of him, I, I can never, even though I was around when he was playing that worm guard, um, I, was, I was there for when he started to move into his new direction. Um, I, I, so I still remember when he did it. I can't imagine him as a, a worm guard player or a lapel yeah, guard yeah. player or you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, he it on me the other day and I was like, duh, it's old school Ollie. No way. You know, yeah. <laughs> Shut that shit down. Yeah, you passed it straight <laughs> away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yeah the, the one trick's a, a fun one. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Uh, I definitely do not do one trick at all. Although I will for periods of time when I'm trying to work on one specific thing, but mm. that's more having uh, deliberate training. But yeah, I get too bored too quickly mm. to 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 one trick at all yeah. you know i'll do something for a little while i'm like nah i'm bored of that yeah. do something else move on What's i normally have a few one tricks going on at once so i wouldn't s say i'm a one trick maybe people listening oh but you always you know pressure pass yeah that's a i don't know i think that's a that's a category not really a one technique because there's yeah. so many different types of pressure passing yeah and i jump between them just have to defend myself there. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of defending yourself, number five is what we've called the redeemer or the revenge role. Yeah, these motherfuckers, right? Yeah, worst. this is this is the person who. So the revenge role would be more 
I'm definitely. I would sometimes be a revenge roller. You are literally. You have literally called me for a second roll yeah. immediately after the first yeah. for revenge. You yeah. are 100 a revenge. So, so roll. all revenge roll not isn't this. I mean, sometimes it might be. I guess a black and white revenge roll would be. You know, I roll with you and you beat me. So yep. then I'm like, let's go again. Yep. Right? And, <laughs> and as you know, as we said earlier, that sort of unspoken rules as the you know, the little air quotes head of the gym, I can kind of like pull that rank yeah. and go, nah, we're going again. Yep. <laughs> right? But So that would be the, t- but I mean, I've called you for, you know, quote unquote revenge roles, not even because it's like, oh, I lost that role, but maybe something happened in the role that I was unhappy like. about. Yeah. Whether it was you successfully executing something on me or me failing to execute something on you that might be enough for my particular frame of mind at the moment at that time to be like let's go again because that whatever happened there i'm not happy with that let's do it again uh but we're more talking about the people so that's a revenge role but Mm. the redeemer is that person who you're just having a normal role a good happy go lucky jolly role we're Mm. just training jujitsu and you tap them and then it's still within the the round, you know. You tap them, and then on the reset, it's that oh, like it's fucking on. Yeah, you know, those dudes, man. Yeah. Those dudes who after you tap them, and there's still time on the clock, they come for blood. That yep. dude, man, they need those, to redeem their honor. Yeah, those mm. dudes suck. Yeah, you know. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind them if they were like that from the beginning. If they're like a one you speed- You would almost prefer them a one speed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they're a one speed and they're like, you know, th- these guys are two speed. They're either like really slow or, or completely on. And then, uh, yeah. And the yeah. problem is, is when they come for redemption, a lot, I would say nine times out of 10, that the person who comes for that redemption is going to come with some sort of malintent mm. and- mm. One time out of 10, it's someone who just goes, okay, it's on now, and they switch on mm. with no animosity. Mm-hmm. Use, that, is, that happens very rarely, mm. right? Uh, usually that person who comes for redemption, they're then you know, more willing than normal to hurt you or something like that. And, and it sucks, but there is something to be gained. I'll tell you, some, one of the most satisfying submissions you'll ever get on someone if you if, – anyone has not been fortunate enough yet to do this is when you're rolling with someone who you maybe don't particularly like you, cause you can't be friends with everyone, especially yeah. if you train at a massive gym. Yeah. Our gym is in a, uh, you know, for people who don't know the area that well is, I don't want to say isolated, but kind of just the way that the demographic moves between suburbs in this area, it kind of is a little bit isolated so it's not a massive gym. So everyone knows each other at our gym, right? But if you're – so I've more or less everyone is friends and everyone gets along. Well, everyone does get along, mm. right? And on top of that, most people are really friendly with each other. But if you train at a big enough gym, you're going to have people who, yeah, you'll respect them when you're in the gym because mm. it's like a work colleague. You mm. don't have to be friends with people who you work with. But when you're at work, you treat them with respect. Always, you should treat everyone with respect. They're a fucking human being. But, you know, you still interact and work together, even if you don't get along, because it's your job. And for me, it's the same in in the gym. If it's someone who I don't particularly like, you're still going to train together and whatever. But one of the most satisfying taps you'll ever have 
<laughs> is when you're training with some someone who, well, not liking them is the cherry on top, but you're training with someone and you submit them and then they come for redemption and then you submit them again. Yep. That second tap, yeah, ooh, bro, it's sweet. Oh, it tastes so good. Tastes, it tastes so good. Mm. Yeah, and you don't have to dislike them. I should say that's the icing. <laughs> but, you know, it can just be someone who you really like. But yeah. when they come for that second, like it's on now, and you and go, you still get them. Yeah. Oh, is it now? Yeah. And then you still get them. Yeah. That feels good. There's certain people I've rolled with where they, you know, they will be like a starfish until you sub them, and then they turn into like a, oh, it's on. So my goal with those people now is to sub them as quickly as I can. Just to get, essentially get the real to get the real started. roll started. It's like okay, now you've had your now you've had your starfish. You've had your you've done your like little you've played your little game. Now let's roll, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Man, there's I find but these I, people the most frustrating because if you have if you roll with one regularly, you know what they're about. Like they're they're very predictable. It's the same every time, and they yeah. do it with everyone. And you're yeah. like, man, just come on. Yeah, I mean, I was. I, I I particularly find this type of person frustrating to yeah. train with. I was training with someone a while back who does a lot of this, but not only does a lot of it, they're also, you know, they get upset when people go too hard on them, but they also Ooh. at the same time refuse to tap, you know, and, the, you know, if you want to submit this person, they give you two options. They give you... Uh, essentially the option of giving up on the submission mm. or having to go after the submission as if it is the finals of worlds to yep. like they won't if it's a choke they'll they'll let you break if it's a rear naked choke they'll let you break their jaw before they tap right they just <laughs> will refuse right yep. Yep. or they'll go out before you tap or whatever okay and but then they yeah, can fuck these guys yeah <laughs> but but then this isn't you by the way that yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. No, no. because because if you do put your jaw in the way yeah and let's say for example if i had your back had you in a rear naked choke wasn't under your chin and mm -hmm. i'm just going across the mouth and jaw mm -hmm. and let's say god forbid this ever happened but let's say i squeeze and your jaw popped yep right I know for a fact, like, of course, I would be like, dude, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But I know for a fact you would turn to me and say, I'm sorry, it was my fault. As 100%. in, I should have tapped or I should have lifted my uh, chin, yeah. right? I know that for a fact. But anyway, this person I was training with, they, they, they get upset that people go too hard with them, but yet they bring it on themselves. Anyway, I was training with this person and, you know, I think three, four, five, six, multiple submissions, I had essentially just given up on because mm. they're also a lower belt than me right mm. and you know so i'm working with this student and you know trying to sub them but they're pushing me into that i would have to kind of hurt them and go real competition style mm. and i didn't want to and but even the amount that i was going was enough for them to arc up and start getting you know annoyed almost as if i had tapped them and they were coming for that redemption so then as they, they're coming for redemption and I'm letting them work because, again, they were lower belt and whatever, man, they just ripped on an armbar, like almost broke, almost broke my elbow and shoulder, right? Like, so, like, like as if they wanted to hurt me. And, of course, I tapped because mm. I'm like, what do I care, right? But I, I remember, like, I remember I actually had this specific thought in that moment that I thought if I wasn't, if I wasn't the owner of this gym and a coach of this gym, this would be a scenario where I would be like, Matt and Force of Time. I'd be like, I'm about to beat the shit out of you, bro. Yeah, man. Like, I yeah. just, you just took the, you just took the piss out of that whole situation. Yeah. And almost broke my arm because you're a 
prick and I'm about to fucking murder you. Yeah. Right? You know, there's malice. Like if there's malice in their, in their intent, kind of yeah. like we spoke about for people ripping submissions, don't give you a chance to, to tap, but that one's a little bit worse because, you know, obviously you're working with them. Yeah. And this, you know, and I guess it's a long way of me saying these, these redeemer people, it, like I said, nine times out of 10, it's usually got some, mm. some, you know, bad intentions behind it when they come at you with that. Okay. It's go time now. Very rarely is it just a, oh, okay, shit, I didn't know it's on. Let's go, it's on, you know, in a friendly way. Yeah. And I think from being a, when, when higher belts are like this, they'll let you work until you, you know, until they, not not your situation, completely different, but like I've rolled with higher belts where I don't want to go for anything at all because as soon as I even attempt to go for a submission, they're then they're like, oh, okay, you think you can submit me, boy? And then they're just going to smash yeah. me and like, yeah. like seriously come back with malice. They're, they're like the reverse redeemer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're I would say bad. that that happens more often than not. Mm. Uh, I mean, you would know having spent a lot of time with, with me that I quite vocally say, no, 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 like train with me properly. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost disrespectful not to because mm -hmm. what you think I can't handle your submission attempts. And if you mm -hmm. get me cool, awesome. Like, you know, congratulations. It's fucking training. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, but not trying anything or i also say i've said this multiple times recently to multiple students i said man i can't help you get better at jujitsu if you don't show me like if you don't roll with me properly mm. if you don't show me your real jujitsu where you're really at and make the mistakes that you're going to make and do the things well that you do well how mm. can i uh, how can i help improve your jujitsu mm. if you never roll with me properly and you just don't attempt anything yeah. You know, I've got nothing to work with here. You know, you've got to give me something, right? I can't fix your mistakes if you never show me your mistakes. And there's nothing wrong with making mistakes. Even fucking Craig Jones recently posted, a, you know, one of the best no-gi grapplers in the world at the moment, recently posted a video saying uh, fixing his false reap mm. from ADCC. So you've got the best grapplers in the world make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Like, you know, but yeah, yeah. I think it also comes from a place of, most of the time people would have, would have had an experience similar to yours where they would have anything they would have attempted on a higher belt when it's like, oh, you almost scored an advantage on me. I'm going to fuck you up now. That yeah. happens a lot. Yeah, it does happen. But I mean, it's kind of like give and take. It's you, you, you need to be able to have best of both worlds sort of thing or you can't have best of both worlds. Like in your example... Uh, yeah, I, I want to train hard with the higher belts to see where I'm at and to, to, to get better, right? But I know that with certain higher belts, if I train hard, they're going to they're gonna give it back. And when I lose, because nine times out of 10 or even more, that's eventually what is going to happen. I need to then be prepared. Okay, now I'm going to be in a worse position. I'm going to be getting dominated. For example, if I train hard with you, if I come at you like, I want to fucking, I'm hunting today. Like <laughs> today's my day, I'm coming. And then if you when you get the better of me and then you put me in and I end up in mountain bottom and you're going to absolutely smash me. Like I'm going to have to be prepared is what I'm trying to say to cop that hectic pressure yeah, yeah, or cop yeah. that, you know, cross face or like, you know, get that choke across the, the, the jaw. Or, you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, to be yeah. prepared for the consequences of losing yeah, because yeah. I brought it to you. You bring it back. Um, obviously I get beaten. Now I need to, 
I need to cop the consequences. The the famous fucking the doorbell goes yeah, off. That, that one. <laughs> it comes, does. That, it, it always does. Yeah, I can't get rid of it. Super loud. Yeah. I don't know why this dude only delivers here on, on Wednesdays, Wednesdays at, at this at, fucking at this time, and he'll keep buzzing. Fucking, he'll, ke- he'll keep buzzing. He just never leaves it at the door. It, it's a it's a running it's joke. It's almost like he's he'll come up and start knocking. Yeah, you'll hear us. Like what's he man? What's he delivering? A passport? It's probably just oh, some HelloFresh or something. Leave yeah, it at the fucking door. But one point on this, I want to close it out is I have been recently the person in like the higher belt, if you will, on like the, I've seen the lower belt be scared that I was going to bring it and smash him. Uh, I was fucking around with a, like a one or two stripe white belt, Lucas, or he, I don't even know if he has any stripes yet. Zero. So he just got a gi. Yeah. Yeah. So he was no gi. uh, Well, training no gi. I let him get my back. I was fucking around just, you know, super super like almost flowing and then he all this he didn't even have two hooks in all of a sudden he sinks a rear naked choke a deep rear naked choke and i like tried to defend it and he got me he, he tapped yeah, me yeah, yeah. and then as we stand back up he's like oh you're gonna smash me now or is this the part where you fucking smash me now i'm like oh something like that bro <laughs> yeah uh, obviously i didn't like i stopped flow rolling and i you know gave him my my normal sort of like you know 50 60 percent but i didn't then go and like I'm oh, oh you. You, yeah. I can't believe I just fucking yeah, got tapped right. by a white belt. I better I make s- this guy. I better let him know that I'm better than exactly. him. Exactly. That that's what it is. It's like, oh, I don't want the, I don't want him to think that he's yeah. on my level because yeah. I know he I know he doesn't. Like he, yeah, yeah. you know, it it it's irrelevant. And even he, even if he does, that's that's good for him. He can have that delusion. But <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was and in that moment, I I was having like that epiphany. If you was like, holy shit! Now for me, me and Lucas, now I'm that you know, higher belt that he's worried that he's going to come like yeah, that. He can't yeah. like fucking train with or, or like give a red hot crack or take the submission if it's there because he's then going to have to suffer through six minutes of me, like trying to hurt him. Like yeah. you don't want that. Um, obviously you need to be ready to, to receive the smoke, but you know, it's not like you don't want to scare. You're going to actually get hurt or like, you know, whatever. Speaking of smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire. What about the mat enforcer? Hmm. The mat enforcer. So this can be, I, th- I reckon there's two types of mat enforcers. Send it. Right. There's the self-appointed mat enforcer <laughs> and there's the coach-appointed mat enforcer. Right. So what I mean by that is, so for those, I'm sure most people would already know what a mat enforcer is, but it's essentially kind of like the gatekeeper, the person who's, who's maintaining the standards in the gym and letting, letting new people and visitors know what's up. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so a coach enforce mat enforcer, a coach appointed mat enforcer would be when, you know, someone's visiting the gym. I don't want to say a new person, well, a new person if, they, if they've already trained. Mm. New to the gym, but not new to jujitsu. Yeah, right? completely. Because and that's important. Like you... Yeah, the days are yeah. past of just going, oh, it's your first day, is it? Excellent. Can, Eric, go with him. <laughs> Get yeah. on the mats. So I can beat the shit out of him. Yeah. No, right? Those, those days are gone. But someone new to the gym mm. or, or a visitor to the gym who already trains mm. and the coach goes like, oh, Kieran, go with that dude. And mm. like they, they almost, whether they give you a nod or you already know from previous experience mm. that when your coach is telling you to go with that person, it's mm. to, hey, let him know that he's walked into a, a gym that he's going to get better if he mm. trains here. Mm. You know, like, for example, let's say a brown belt's visiting the gym and I go, Kieran, go with that dude and you smoke him. Yeah. I don't mean like beat him up, but if you smoke him and then that brown belt's gone, I just got the shit 
beaten out of me by a blue belt at this gym. They must be good at this gym, right? So that's kind of like the... Putting the, the best foot forward, so to that's speak. That's right. Yeah. That's the, the, the coach appointing a sort of... Let's loosely use the term gym enforcer because I've definitely done that with my students, mm. you know, and uh, let, you know, I've wanted to put that best foot forward and I've been... I've been the mat enforcer with that. Like the, the gym in Brazil, we used to have so many people visit the gym because back at the time that I was living there, it was, you know, at that time would have been the equivalent of the, the death squad or what is now B team or new wave or whatever. It was the top gym with all the best dudes. It's where people, it's where everyone visited and, and whatever. And yeah, so yeah, brown belts would come in, even black belts would come in that me and the other blue belts could could demolish, you know, mm. when when they would come through. So it wasn't uncommon for Fabio to be like, Adam, go with go with this guy. And and I would know, I'd be like, okay, like not only would I also know, I would also want to be showing to Fabio that mm. like, hey man, watch me beat up a black belt, you know. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh so but yeah, then you also have the self-appointed Matt Enforcer. And I would guess <laughs> I would almost say that this person is a bully. We don't really have any of it in <laughs> our gym because I don't allow that sort of culture to manifest in mm. the gym. And also someone who is that sort of person, you know, you, you know, it comes from the top down, right? And if, if you go to a gym where you notice a lot of the students are really bullish and whatever, typically the coach is a bit of a douche as well, right? And I'm not saying I'm not a douche. I'm definitely a douche. <laughs> but I don't have that culture in the gym. And so people who are kind of bullyish mm. would quickly realize that they don't fit in at our gym and probably would choose not to train there, regardless of how good the training is or not. They would, f they would tell by the vibe and the atmosphere they don't fit in. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, I think a, a self-enforced man enforcer, that guy who takes it on their own, you know, they they feel like they've got to wear that badge of I'm the I'm the gatekeeper of this gym. They're usually a bully and a bit of a dickhead, mm. right? And uh, I know you're sitting there thinking, but I thought I was the self-appointed man enforcer <laughs> at the gym. You know? <laughs> what uh, about the the internal mat enforcer? Because we talk about mat enforcers a lot, where like someone comes to visit and it's like, okay, yep, or whatever, or like the the common story and like the the Robin Hood or the the you know revenge sort of the typical mat enforcer story is the, the new guy comes in maybe they're a blue belt they train with one of the white belts and just fucking towel them up right just sm put the smash on like the brand new white belt or like a partnered up with a chick and just fucking smash them just throw their weight around and it's like okay all right fucking purple belt over hey, here hey that's my bird yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my girl dog <laughs> yeah like or the coach like oh you know go teach this guy a lesson or whatever to calm him down um you know, that is the, the typical sort of, you know, internal revenge mat enforcer. Or like you see, maybe maybe you'll see like a, a lower belt training with a with someone way lighter than them or a female or, or, or both, right? And then just put the smash on and you can see that they're not letting them work. They're just hammering them. And then maybe if you, you see that and you're like, oh, okay, they, they want to train hard. And then you go do the same thing to them. You know, is that okay? Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm yeah. going with this. <laughs> You just want a green light to beat the crap out of someone, don't no, you? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> uh, we don't so, have anyone like that, so I'm just Yeah, like so I would actually say that if that situation happens in the first place, I mean, uh, you can't negate all bad things and all risk 
but you but you need to minimize it. And if that situation came to fruition on its own, I would say that that is that that that's straight up the instructor's fault for not pairing people appropriately. Mm. Now that's not to say that in the gym. I never let students make choose their partners. Yeah, 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 of course. They do 90% of the time, 99% yep. of the time. Yep. But when I have a new person in the gym, like whether they're new to jiu-jitsu or new to the gym, if they're if it's their first time being in a class with me, I will I will choose who goes with them mm. and who and who they go with, mm. right? Because I don't know anything ab- about them. I don't know if they're is that dude wearing a blue belt a freaking did he just come off a silver medal at Worlds and he's actually one of the best blue belts in the world, but mm. I've never heard of him and he's going to, you know, beat the shit out of most people in the gym. Is, is he a one speed? Is he a, a switcheroo? Is yeah. he, you know, I don't know anything about him, you know, or is he wearing a purple belt, but he's actually a complete moron and knows no idea and he's going to hurt someone. Is he someone who from day one is a hundred kilo guy, but he's happy to roll with a 50 kilo, you know, girl and look after like, you Mm. don't know. So it would be irresponsible of me and his well-being and all my students' well-beings to not partner them up. Right. Mm. So I would almost say part of your job as a coach is to appoint not a mat enforcer, but to match those roles when you have someone new into the gym. So I definitely do it when someone's completely new to jujitsu mm-hmm. because I know which students of my all my students will look after someone who's new, mm-hmm. but I know which students will do a better job of it, mm. right, than others. So I'll, I'll match them them appropriately. But let's say this new blue belt does come in and I notice that, let's say you go with him and not as a mat enforcer, but just as a, well, I know that, you know, if this guy is really terrible and a spaz and he's going to hurt people, I know that you'll pull him up on it or mm. you'll make sure he doesn't hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Or if this guy's a super hard competitive blue belt, I know you can also handle that. And then, you know, and then I'll watch that first role and then I'll know how to match the roles after that. If it, if it gets to a point where, where this guy, I'd, I've never had the experience yet. And hopefully I never have to have the experience where some guy is just, straight up a dick and is trying to like gym storm or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I haven't had someone come in who's just trying to gym storm. Right. Which for those who don't know is when someone visits a gym just to go in and beat people up to be like, I'm better than you. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've never had that experience of someone doing that yet. If it happened, I would then go with them and, yeah, not beat them, not beat them up because I'm. I didn't get into jujitsu to beat people up, but I'll go with them just to be like, "Hey, man, not here." Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. And uh, and but I usually always, depending on what time and which class a new person comes to, I usually always roll with a new person. Mm. And yeah, if they're a blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, whatever, you know, I'll I'll just treat them. I'll treat them like they're a switcheroo in the sense that I'll just match their intensity. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to say anything, and I'll just match their intensity and you know sometimes it's a relatively inexperienced blue belt or something may i don't know if they're if they're interested in getting beat up or not and what i mean by that is you know how some people they they want to the way that they realize they're in the right or wrong place is if they get smoked you know like they want to get 
it's almost like I could sell them on my gym by tapping them 10 times in five minutes, right? But for someone else, that'll, you know, you'd lose that student forever. Mm. I always, you know, lean towards the side of not smashing them. So mm. I'll just work with them and roll with them a little bit and whatever and, you know, just see where they're at and hopefully they come back and continue to train. But if they were gym storming and they had kind of, you know, progressed through the levels of Mortal Kombat and made, <laughs> and made, and made it to the, the top. final boss. <laughs> yeah. I'll then definitely, you know, if I've run out of, if I've run out of minions to throw at them, then, yeah. it's, then it's my turn. Yeah. So you definitely put in one of your students first. Like if you wanted to enforce on someone, you'd throw in a student and if they came back with a tail between the legs, you would be like, okay, now it's my turn. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends. Let's say, you know, yeah, let's say they go with you first and regardless of, your belt and your skill level, I'm saying they go with you or someone who has your attributes mm. in the sense that you're happy to go hard. One speed. But, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you throw but in a one yeah, speed. Got I it. throw them a one speed, right? <laughs> <laughs> a one speed who can who can dial back to look after a new person. Yep. But he's instantly going to crank, crank it up if the other person comes at them. Mm-hmm. Let's say you go with them first and like, even if you don't get smashed, but you come back being like, man, that dude's good or that guy went hard or whatever, mm. I'll probably be like, all right, I'll just go with them straight away mm-hmm. not not nec- maybe they're a lovely dude not not to to show them what's up but just mm-hmm. to be like okay if this guy's good like yeah i'll go with him let's see what's going on and mm-hmm. yeah that, that makes i also sense. just like to feel out new students i think it's part of being a good coach right yeah totally training and rolling with everyone yeah, yeah absolutely we got one more one more everyone's favorite yep Lucky last. The Spaz. The Spaz right? McGee. <laughs> Unfortunately, not just reserved to white belts, you know. No. Spazzy white belt is a very common term. Mm. But, man, the Spaz, the person who flails their limbs around, the person who was the reason you went and bought a mouth guard. Because <laughs> right? you're constantly getting kicked in the face. And uh. in saying that, I'm very guilty of often kneeing people in the face when playing guard. Mm. However, fucking long legs and very long legs. So if sharp s- knees. <laughs> yeah. If someone doesn't, you know, if I try to pressure past you and I don't clear your knee line, as your knee comes back in, I'm usually met with your shin, right? Mm-hmm. But when it's me and the other way around, people are usually met with my knee because it's such a bigger limb to get back in. Mm. So, I mean, er- we talk about Eric a lot. Eric, just reminder for people or newer listeners He's an ex-professional basketball player. He's like me. He's like 6'4", 6'5". Very strong. You know, very strong. So, you know, Eric is someone that even when I'm training with him, it's very easy to get like kicked in the head and stuff, not because he's a spaz, but because his legs and stuff are so long that when he pummels them back in, he needs a lot of space and his foot's just huge. Mm. So like when he goes to put his foot somewhere, it takes up 50% of your body, (laughs) right? But yeah, the, the spaz man, the people who still wearing a purple belt or a brown belt and they their jiu-jitsu looks like when you've just caught a fish and they're lying on the boat and they're like just <laughs> flopping around and you know, <laughs> and <you> go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do just chill. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a big difference between a spaz and a one speed. A spaz is like, you know, going batshit crazy, but with no technique behind it, like with no intent, just going batshit crazy, just yeah. flailing. Yeah. Like like a fish out of water is the perfect analogy. Yeah. There's only there's only one time you should be spazzing and it's and it's the only time that we could let's loosely use the term spaz in a in a positive context and it's if you are 
completely out of options and it's that, uh, you know, three seconds of a position being consolidated mm. and you are spazzing not to concede the pass, but then three seconds is up, you stop spazzing, you got passed. Or, you know, you're down on points and there's this dude's in your close guard and has been for five minutes and you can't sweep him, there's... 10, 20, 30 seconds left on the clock. You've tried every single, you know, skill up your sleeve that you've got. Man, and you start spazzing because it is sweep sweep or submit this guy or you lose the match. You've tried everything except, except spazzing. <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> like, they're the only times that it's cool to just be essentially flailing around like yeah. a fish out of water. Yeah. Otherwise... You know, people who just spaz because it's there. Actually, a spaz is kind of like the one trick. <laughs> they <laughs> got, their one, they trick. got one move and it's spazzing. Yeah, right? yeah. They're the, they're the type of person that you're going to get kicked in the face. Like you're going to get kicked. You're going to get hit. You're like, fuck, what's going on with their limbs? Like you're, you're worried they're going to hurt you and themselves. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I find in my experience when I'm rolling with a spaz – the best way to not get injured is to roll with them almost like it's a comp roll. Because I find if I'm rolling with someone who has a tendency to spaz, if I if I ease up at all and give them and I don't treat it like I'm in a comp where I'm really tight and really purposeful and yeah. whatever, if I give them space that typically I wouldn't give them or whatever, that's when legs and elbows start flying in and that's when you get clipped and collected and it's yeah. almost better off that the best way to deal with a fish flopping around on the water is not to try to give him space to flop it's like nah man duh, hold yeah, you down him. like a wriggling toddler and you also brace for it because sometimes you'll get you might get like air quote injured with spazzes I, I i find the most i get injured or like get niggles or like fuck that hurt sort of thing with a spaz is obviously apart from being kicked by flying limbs is when they do something random you don't expect and then all of a sudden your shoulders compromise or you have to base out really weird or like post yeah. and then like your, your shoulders all twisted or your elbow gets jacked or your your knee gets twisted in some random way because they try to go for a stupid thing that isn't a isn't a technique and it's you know just risking buckling your your fucking knee so if you're matching them going for the comp roll, you're going to be braced against that. You're yeah, going to be exactly. ready. Like you're going to be tensed and, and ready to to receive like random movements. To receive the spaz. To receive the spaz. Yeah, yeah. Brace for impact. And um, yeah, but this, this whole conversation brings another point that we're not going to go over today because it could be a whole episode in, its, in itself. But if, uh, let me, sorry, I've forgotten his name. I just want to bring it up. So I... Don't say the wrong name. But we just got sent a question which, as most people know, we, we typically only order that answer the audio questions for Ask a Black Belt episodes, which are every 10 episodes. But that's still a little while off. It's still, you know, two months away because we were just have one episode a week. But essentially, the, the, this fella, Zach, had sent a, a message through being like, long story short, hey, how do you feel about you know, not being allowed to roll until you get to a certain stripe. Mm. Uh, you know, the gym I'm currently at ticks every single box in terms of location, price, the instructor's really nice, the people, and you know, ticks every boss of, you know, we've spoken, we've had episodes how to choose the correct gym and ticks every box except you're not allowed to roll until you've got one stripe on your white belt, which I'll go back to this, but it's, I don't have a big problem with that as a whole but 
the problem I have with Zach's situation is he says he trains three to four times a week and has been training for four months and still doesn't have a stripe. And I think, man, I'm stingy with stripes, but man, that is a long time not not to get a, a stripe. Mm. If you're doing three, four classes a week, every week, and it's been four months, it's been a third of a year and you don't even have a stripe yet. That's insane. You know, like, and he, you know, he feels like he's missing out and, you know, by not being able to, to go into those classes. Essentially he asked, should I stick it out or should I find a new gym? Uh, to quickly answer Zach's question, I think stick it out, you've already come this far. Surely that stripe is just around the corner. Mm. But I just want to finish it with saying that I don't, I, I think the answer to this question of, oh, how do I feel about gyms that restrict when you're allowed to roll is that, I think it's fine either way and it just depends uh, because this can help deal with some of these problematic rolling types that we've mentioned in this episode. But I'll explain it like this, how it works in my gym and how it, why it may not continue to work like that in the future. So currently the gym is intimate enough and small enough as in its physical space, like even if you quadrupled the members that our gym had, it wouldn't necessarily increase the amount of people in each class because there's only so much space. Like physically, it's not a huge amount of mat space that we have. So it's intimate enough that I can take it on a case-by-case basis. It's not like I have 10 new people in the one class. Like that never happens, right? I would say that never happens at any gym, right? Most you have is a few new people in one class who all typically are friends, right? You rarely do you have like five new people in the one class and none of you know each other. Like that just doesn't happen. Mm. So it's intimate enough that I can deal with it on a case-by-case basis. And I will typically... If I restrict someone from not being able to roll, it's usually only that first class, that first or second class. And that's because I've worked really hard to be intimate and one-on-one with those new people, but also with the culture I've created in my gym and my students and that I really confidently know that I can put any of my students with a day one white belt and they'll look after them in a role. Uh and that I have certain students who I know will do an even better job, right? So I'll typically let it happen because in my opinion, the rolling is a huge part of jiu-jitsu. And I un- but I understand why people restrict it because they want students to have a certain amount of base and knowledge before they roll. Mm. If I gave you a surfing analogy, I often say that in the beginning, learning jiu-jitsu is kind of like you just get handed a surfboard and someone says, go catch a wave. And you're like, but I don't know how to swim, Mm. right? And restricting rolling is kind of like, okay, I want to make sure you know how to, you know, how to swim, how to paddle on a board, how to duck dive, how to stand up on a board. And now I'll send you off to go catch a wave. So I understand that. But in our gym, because of the intimacy and because of the culture I've created with my students, I feel confident enough that I can give that what is the main part of jiu-jitsu, the rolling part of it, to them sooner than perhaps other gyms might. Why might this change in the future? I think as a gym grows and the bigger it is, you typically need to put a line somewhere. Once you go from my current situation as the dude who teaches 99% of the classes and meets every single student, 
once your gym's at a size where you have multiple students who you've never met because they train in the morning classes that you never teach and you're, like, you, and you're having to delegate to other instructors and whatever, you have to put a line somewhere. Like you can only take things on a case-by-case basis when there's a manageable amount of cases. Mm-hmm. Once there's too many cases to look at each one individually, you need to start- You need rules. You yeah. need rule and- mm. You know, so I'm not against it, right? Because that's just a part of a business growing. And I'll also second that by saying this could very easily change if, God, touch on wood, but imagine you were a gym owner and you let day one white belts roll and all it's going to take is that day one white belt to get injured and sue your business for you to quite quickly feel have no moral qualms about putting a line and saying oh man motherfuckers aren't rolling until they've got a strike now mm-hmm. because oh why but, but, but yeah but you know this dickhead broke his arm and sued my gym and i lost two hundred thousand dollars like <laughs> you can't roll till you've got a stripe mm-hmm. so right maybe maybe zach's gym had something like that happen in the past like could you blame a gym owner for doing that no yeah. way right and like from the I perspective mean, of a black belt like what is uh, a couple months at white belt? You know that's what I mean? R- that's right. Yeah. At, for that white belt, it's important because it's a new journey. They're really excited. They want to get, like you said, rolling is a huge part of jujitsu. And I don't know, I don't know if I, I would have been able to stay at with jujitsu for four months without being able to roll. Cause like I'd rolled in the past before I like started to train properly and it was what I was there for. You know what I mean? That's so right, that would yeah. be very, very tough. I mean, I rolled, I feel I rolled day one that when I started jujitsu and yeah, yeah, I, I currently do it on a case by case basis, but I can see what you're saying, but you can, it makes sense. It's very easy to see why some gyms don't, mm-hmm. I think. And I think those are the two main factors. Either the gym's grown to a size where you can't manage it yeah. case by case. So you have to put a line in the sand somewhere or something happened and I'll give you another example, right? So you would know how lax I am with uniform policy in the gym. And what uniform policy? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, uh, but not even as in, oh, you need to wear our team's uniform. I mean, even people rock up to Nogi in, in regular shorts. shorts with pockets and shit, yeah. which you're not allowed, right? And I'll say to the man, you got to get, you know, you're not allowed those because, you know, uh, a finger can get caught in the pockets and whatever. Which happens. Right? But I don't enforce it. I guarantee you if today someone trained Nogi, got their finger caught in someone's pocket and broke their finger, tomorrow I would be saying, guys, if you rock up with shorts with pockets, you're not allowed to train. You either go home or you buy a pair of Nogi shorts. Mm-hmm. You know, like it only takes... And One okay, event, yeah. maybe I should already be doing that to avoid maybe. it happening. Maybe. You know, prob- the answer is probably yes. Because if you, I'm very have you bad been at running a, a business, right? <laughs> leave, leave me alone. Have you been to a gym where you've seen that happen or you've heard stories of it happening? So you know it and you know it does happen, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird one. It's kind of like people wearing rings while they they train. Like obviously at our gym, no one's gloved, degloved their finger on a ring. No. But if ever you saw that, oh, God. there would be a strict if no jewelry at all. Like yeah, yeah, you cannot yeah. wear anything on the yeah. mats and you shouldn't wear a ring on the mats anyway. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But yeah, I totally, I, t- I totally get what you're saying. It's kind of like the analogy where every sign has a story behind why it exists. Yeah. yeah. Like you go to a, a store or something or you go to a shopping center, there's a really obscure thing. Like 
no walking your duck through this shopping center. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah. What's the story Why behind Why do we that? need a sign for that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There would be a story behind it. So I think the, the shorts one is a, is a good one or like the, you know, not being able to roll until you have a stripe. Yeah. Probably because someone hurt themselves. And when I say to people, whenever it is someone who it's their first class and I'll say something like, look, I won't get you to roll today. I explain to them though, I say, it's not because anyone here would hurt you. Mm. It's typically because new people hurt themselves. It's not even necessarily they don't know the technique or whatever. It's that you're doing a movement that you're physically capable of doing, but you're now doing it with 80 kilos lying on top of you that's moving dynamically. And then you mm. move and bridge and uh, hurt your back. Right? It's usually that's how brand new people get hurt. It's not because they got partnered with someone who hurt them. Mm. And so that I'll, you know, if it's someone who I'm not having role that first class, I'll say that to them. And then I'll usually go, but, you know, sit, we've only got one round left. Sit, watch the guys roll, guys and girls roll. You're going to have a better idea of what it is to roll, you know. And then, and I always say to them, look, and if jujitsu is something you want to do, I say, there's plenty of time to get the shit beaten out of you, right? It doesn't have to be today, you yeah. know, like, come back tomorrow or the next, like there's plenty of time to get smoked. Yeah. Right. So, but in Zach's scenario, you know, man, I don't know what is the reason that they have their line in the sand where they do, but my advice, man, just stick it out. You've been there four months. If you had sent me this question, you know, if you had sent this saying, oh, I've been training there for two, three weeks. They say it usually takes five months to get your first stripe. Maybe I'd be saying, eh, try another gym. Get but, your stripe and then go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you've already been, surely, maybe by the time you listen to this episode, you've already got your stripe. Exactly. I mean, let, exactly. us, know, let us know, Zach, if you, yeah. if you, I'll actually probably message him to say, hey, Zach, we answered your question at the end of the episode, yeah, you know, but. Uh, don't skip know. to the end. Anyway, <laughs> send us a message back. Let us know how you went. But yeah. yeah, they're our uh, rolling our rolling buddies in the gym. <laughs> the types of rollers. So Kieran's the one speed. Let's just finish off with which category you're going to put me in. Ooh. I like to think I'm like a chameleon because okay. it depends who I'm training Yeah, with. yeah. Well, I mean, you're definitely not a one speed because that implies you go hard every time and people get murdered. So you're not a starfish. You're... I don't. I don't think you're a switcheroo. I've never pulled a switcheroo. I don't think you're a switcheroo. The only time I've pulled a switcheroo is when it's a counter switcheroo. When I'll be like, "Oh man, can we go easy because of this and that?" Yeah. And then they go hard. I'm and confusing I'm like, it with redeemer. I'm confusing it with redeemer. And then I'll instantly go, "Oh, forget my fucked shoulder." Yeah. You did not respect my let's go easy. So now <laughs> I'm now I'm gonna fuck you up. It's the reverse switcheroo. Yeah. The the old. Uh, the switcheroo a I'm not a one trick. Definitely not a work, one trick. Unless like, I'm working on something new. No, nah, you, you couldn't put you in one trick. I don't think any. No, nah, you're definitely not. Um, <laughs> There's not many left besides the Spaz and Matt Enforcer. Oh, <laughs> well, you, you're not. I mean, you're the default Matt Enforcer because you're the gym owner, but you're not the Matt Enforcer. You could be a Redeemer, a Revenge. Or you sometimes are the Revenge Roll. Yeah, I like to revenge roll. If I had to put you in any category, I'd put you in revenge, revenge roll. roll. But I've got a little bit of everything, I think. Like yeah, you I'll, do. I'll, I you're can one speed if it's a comp. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a spaz. You're a bit of a starfish. <laughs> no, starfish when I want. Yeah. I'll definitely one speed when it's comp roll. Yeah. Do the reverse switcheroo. One trick when I'm working on something. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm a chameleon. Oh, yeah, what do they say? A, a, you know, Master of trades yeah what is a jack of all trades they say (laughs) Uh, what did you say i don't know (laughs) Uh, but what is the expression uh a master of a jack of all trades is a master of none yeah that's right that's a that's a bit something like that i'm I'm vaguely okay at multiple things yeah Yeah. i'd I'd say you're you're a bit of a jack of all trades here 
Anyway, guys, that that was episode 113, the five types of roles that you can have. Even though we we had seven. Yeah, we went went over more (laughs) than five. Five sounds better. The usual outro spiel. You know where we're at, at beyondjujitsu underscore podcast. We are still in the process of migrating all our uh, video episodes onto a new YouTube channel. Oh. There has been a lot of stress for Kieran. There's, There's been, been a lot been of delays with that. Multiple upload fails, which has been very stressful for those who don't know. It takes a long time to upload just for stuff to get 99% to uploading and then it coming up with an error mm. is very frustrating work indeed. Uh, it's happening. It's happening. But it's happening. Otherwise, guys, train hard and we'll see you next week. See ya.